welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. Yes. How you doing? Why don't you put down your phone and pay attention to me? How you doing? <laughs> I'm trying to, to, to figure something out here. Um, you know what I'm trying to figure out? Why I've shackled myself to you, someone who can't even bother to look me in the eye anymore. <laughs> um, okay, so no, I was actually I was preparing for my ad read. Uh, I usually okay. do that earlier, and I forgot. Oh, what album am I going to talk about that I listen to? But. Uh, I want to tell you about tweakedaudio.com. Tweakedaudio.com is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. Um, they look great. They sound great. Tyler and I use them each and every day of our lives. Adam Agoyan told us he was going to buy a pair. Uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and today uh, I was listening to uh, an album that came out last year uh, by an, a sort of instrumental post-rock, post-metal band called Cloud Kicker. Or I say band, it's a one-man project. They've been around for a while. Uh, and they're most recent album is called unending and uh all of all of that uh artsy fartsy heady uh post everything stuff sounded great on my tweakedaudio.com earbuds they're available at a low low, low, low price at tweakedaudio.com but if you use the offer code pretension at checkout you get one third off that low low price and no shipping charges so please make adam mcgoyan proud go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Tyler? Yes? We have guests. They're right there. Yeah. I can see them. I can see them, and yeah, they look unimpressed by uh, that ad read. I might be reading into that, but uh, yeah, (laughs) we've got... got once again, I'm terrible at remembering official titles. Editor at large, editor not, at large. not editor in chief. That, no, editor yeah. at large. Scott and I. Scott, Hello. how you doing? Fantastic. And then home baker extraordinaire. I, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Julie, Julie Sesnovich. Julie, how you doing? Thank you. Hello. All right. Um, yes, I've been baking a lot and delivering it to these fine gentlemen, among other recipients. Um, so yeah, if you get to know me well enough, I might deliver you some baked goods. Just you're going to get some creepy messages. That's true. I regret that instantly. Okay. That's, that's (laughs) like that old, uh, that old wonderful John Lovitz thing on SNL, which is simply get to know me. That's what he would do. (laughs) They had, it was like a commercial and it's literally just your life will be better if you get to know John Lovitz and that's it. Uh, oh man, that was, those were the days. You know why John uh, Lovett's star of Southland Tales? That's the one, yes. And uh, 3,000 Miles to Graceland, of course. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, where he winds up skewered by several arrows. What a weird movie that is. Yeah, yeah. He gets the uh, St. Bartholomew. Who's the saint who got killed by arrows? Oh, I don't recall. You would be the one to, to answer that. I don't know Catholicism. Scott, you don't have any? Uh... No, I, I don't remember this story. Okay. And I also never saw 3,000 Miles to Graceland, so... You're fine. I I think you're going to make it. (laughs) 
Although, you know what, like Scott, you surprise me sometimes. You might, you might love it. You might think it's a masterpiece. I do love Elvis. So, you know, what's to lose? Okay. Do you actually love Elvis? Yeah. Who doesn't? <laughs> a lot of people uh, don't. That was so uh, suspicious. Public Enemy. Yeah. The band I mean, Public Enemy. Yeah. Public Enemy hates Elvis. My grandma hated Elvis. Yeah. Uh, that's all I got though. Uh, well, you'll be happy to know. I mean, for a long time, my official uh, uh, karaoke song was The Gambler by Kenny right. Rogers. Elvis's Burning Love is burning up the charts. That is, I think that is, uh, I feel equally comfortable with both songs now. Yeah. Kentucky Saint- Rain came on when I was in the car yesterday, sang along with Joy. Saint Sebastian. I don't know if Saint you guys Sebastian. if okay. you guys can see the uh, yeah. He does look uh, quite skewered. He's also, skewered by do you arrows. think there's only one Saint skewered by arrows? I feel like that was honestly like probably a common way to go back then. Who's well, the Saint, Saint Sebastian perfected it. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Uh, so, okay, how you guys doing? You doing all right? You making it? We're making it. We're making you it. Staying sure. You staying sane? Sure. You know, it's a sliding scale, but sure. <laughs> yeah, it's a spectrum. I like to think yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, now, the the topic today is one that you guys, you came to us with. So clearly you feel strongly about it, which is good because as we talked about, just to give people a peek behind the curtain, neither David nor I did any research at all into this. So you'll be steering the ship uh, sure because, thing. you know, uh, we, David, you made a, you made a face. Do you like to, do you, do you want to give the listeners the impression that you and I've like put a lot of thought into this. I just, I just feel bad when I can't uh, prepare, but it has been yeah. uh, an insane week of, uh, of work. Um, that said, I, I have movies that I thought of immediately when the title, when the, when the topic came up. So hopefully yeah. we'll get to some of those. Yeah. Um, what Scott, Julie, Julie, Scott, what are we talking about today? Yeah. Well, I always wanted to do an episode on uh, hotel movies because I find hotels to be a very fascinating uh, setting, just in life in general. Oh yeah. Uh, when I was younger, I want. I, I remember telling my dad I would love to just live for a year in a hotel. And my dad, who traveled a lot for work, was like, "You do not want to live for more than a week in a hotel." <laughs> uh, and after doing some traveling in my adult life, he's very much right. But there's still something so fascinating about just the space of hotels. All these strangers crammed together for indeterminate periods of time. Back when we could do that. <laughs> Back when we could do that. Yeah. Sure. And there's an added romanticism now to yeah. like, we all miss traveling and, uh, you know, the allure of the unknown and just, yeah, the whole thing of people just being packed together. Everyone's got a different purpose. I think the fact that HBO has a whole series of just set in one hotel room with different people coming in and out kind of illustrates that. That would be room 104. Yeah, I've seen none of it, but... Uh, Neither have I, 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 but this actually brings up a question because I haven't seen, uh, like I said, I haven't seen Room 104, but my my impression based on just the aesthetic or the artwork or, or whatever of it is that it's a motel. Are you cons- are you including motel movies? Yes. We so, did. Okay. Uh, oh, good. Okay. Because I when, I, when I mentioned this topic to Natalie, my wife, she was like, oh, are you going to talk about Psycho? And I was like, didn't even occur to me because I wasn't thinking <laughs> about motels. Yeah. But, so my uh, requirements is that they have to be rooms that touch. So no like cabin situation, okay. uh, but motels and hotels, pretty much the same thing. Okay. I mean, they're, they're, they're different. Uh, yeah, but, de- um, definitely a different vibe. Um, but I had the same question because yeah, I, offhand, I thought of, 
uh, more motel movies than hotel movies. Um, and, uh, you know what? I'm right there with you as far as like, uh, loving hotels and motels. Um, honestly, I like staying in them. Um, even if they're shabby, uh, I, uh, among the many things that I'm just fascinated with for no reason, like I, I wish that I could stay in every hotel in the world at least once. Okay. Um, <laughs> just to, you know, uh, they, they, I feel like hotels are similar to airports for much the same reason that you're talking about, yeah. which is it needs to be, it needs, it's functional. It it's clean. It's generic. Uh, but there are little variations in each one that mm-hmm. is like, oh, well, we're based in St. Louis, so we've got this, or we're based in, you know, Philadelphia, so we've got this little thing. But airports are all basically the or same. Or we're uh, Hilton, and you get a free cookie. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Uh, and so the and the idea that people are there out of necessity, and and granted, yes, people go to uh, people go to hotels just to have fun sometimes, but at the same time, it's they go to hotels usually so that they can have a place to stay while they're having fun elsewhere. Uh, and then sometimes it's luxurious, sometimes it isn't, but, um, yeah, it's, I, I was very excited at the notion of this topic because of what it allows. It's, it forces people together. Um, it's out of necessity. There's a generic quality to it an anonymous quality to it, which is why I think so many thrillers work, uh, when they're in a hotel setting. But, uh, but anyway, but enough, about me, you guys have movies to get to. Wait, Go ahead. I'm just going to sit sorry, back no, and I'm going to I'm going to interrupt again because now I'm I'm curious, and this doesn't have anything to do with the topic necessarily. <laughs> but where do you guys do like? Because it's not a the difference between a hotel and a motel is not a it's not a a, a thick border. You know what I mean? Like right. there's to me a motel means that it opens to the outside, not to an indoor hallway, but also it has to be one story. I feel like once you get to like a two story outdoor opening, I feel like that's a hotel. Why? That's a oh my. very, uh, arbitrary. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I've stayed at two story motels I've that stayed, open to the outside. I've stayed at multi-story motels that open to the inside. Yeah. Okay. So how are you mm. describing uh, a in motel? Some then? Cases, it's just like a brand like motel six. Yeah. Like, a lot of motel sixes look very different, but they've decided that's their branding. So who are we to contradict them? I guess. I think the idea, you don't of, get to be a motel just because they say they're a motel. I think the idea, I'm not, of, I'm not a Colonel just because I have gone <laughs> and introduced myself as Colonel Bax. No, we that, should start calling you the Colonel David. I yeah. I'm a hundred percent on board. Okay. With that. Okay. You already have a cat. That's the Colonel anyway. So you couldn't take that. She's a Cardinal. Oh, ah, damn she's it. A, yeah, she's a got she's a woman of the cloth, not uh yeah. not a military woman. Yeah. Um the hell was I gonna say? Oh yeah. So the idea of the motel is that it's a motor in, that it's kind of just a place you stop off on the way to somewhere else or out of pure necessity. It's never your final destination, I feel like. I mean People use it as that, but yeah, I think it, they're situated in circumstances that rarely allow for like the idea of a long term stay. But again, very mm. porous definition, I think. Yeah, it is very porous. I, I, I definitely, my own definition is based almost purely on indoor or outdoor. Like uh, if something has an indoor hallway, I consider that a hotel. It might be a crappy hotel, but I consider it a hotel. But Whereas Tyler, you and I have it, more, more than once in San Diego stayed at a day's in that opens to the outside, but is there are so many rooms and there's two or three stories to it. I feel like that can't, it's too big to be a motel. 
But a no, lot of places uh, open to the outside just because the weather's nice. Yeah, like that's when like I, all of Palm Springs. Hawaii is the same way. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. It's the way pretty. I see it, but that's why I'm adding in this size. <laughs> be, be it like stories, maybe maybe uh, over a certain number of rooms. Like if it's more than sixteen rooms, maybe it's too many to be a motel. This is a fascinating sure. dividing line. Yeah. Look, no. it's like it's, it's a it's a squiggly dividing line. I'm I'm yeah. I'm trying to help define it there. Yeah. I'm not I'm not standing here and saying like I as a colonel in the U.S. military <laughs> say that this is the definition of a motel. Sure. Uh, yeah, uh, listeners, feel free to weigh in. I imagine most people have thoughts on this. It's possible that you never thought about it, but now you are, and so I want to know your. Opinion. I hope so. That's what the show's for: make people think about things they never want to do. Yeah. Indeed. Um, so, All right, so you guys said you, you, you came with a structure in hand here. Yeah. Uh, I kind of wanted to start from uh, happy to hellish. Uh, okay. So I've organized. Like our marriage. Sorry, it was too oh. easy. It was too easy. You set me up. Sorry. So I organized a series of uh, kind of thematic categories, starting with the most romantic idea of a hotel, which is for lavish escapes and escapades. Um, so like there's a billion of movies made in the 30s like this. Uh, I jotted down Flying Down to Rio, uh, which is a Fred and Ginger's first movie. It's all set at a hotel. They have a big dance number at the big hotel lobby. People are coming and going. People are smooching. People are dancing. It's gale time. In a similar vein, Top Hat, another Fred and Ginger movie, has a great hotel meet cute, which is that Fred Astaire is tap dancing way too loud. Ginger Rogers mm-hmm. is in the room below. Won't stand for it. Goes up to confront him. Wouldn't you know it, Sparks Fly? Wouldn't you know it? Now we're going to get into another bit of semantics here. Oh. But do you differentiate between a hotel and a resort? Well, we were talking about this because we were like, does Dirty Dancing count? And he was like, no, because like every family is in their own distinct okay. unit. But there but are I was resorts thinking, that you touch. There are resorts but, that touch. But I was thinking, because you were talking about older movies that I hadn't thought of, I was thinking about something like The Bride Wore Red or The Gay Divorcee, which both take place at like, largely at like resort type of yeah. hotels. I've seen The Gay Divorcee recently enough to say I would count that. Okay. Uh, I can't remember The Bride Wore Red or if I've seen it. <laughs> A lot of these title, a lot of these thirties titles, it's like maybe I saw it. They're so interchangeable. Well, the bride uh, wore red is the Dorothy Asner, uh, Arzner. How do you say her last name? Arzner. Arzner. Arzner uh, yeah, uh, it's in black and white, so you kind of have to take the title's sure, word sure. for it that she wears red. Uh, yeah, but she's like a, a a bar girl that a rich guy sends to a resort to pretend to be a rich lady as like a gag, and then all like the rich guys fall in love with her. Uh, uh anyway it's a fun movie <laughs> uh yeah we also recently saw a movie called fast and furious that um, not like that not like that <laughs> but it's a 30s movie called fast and furious it's kind of a thin man kind of crime solving thing where they are at like a bikini judging contest or some kind of like it's like a beauty pageant yeah. in atlantic city yeah and there's also like crimes to solve it's yeah and there's movie. a murder and there's lions you yeah. forgot that there's lions it really it like it's one of those we just randomly saw on tcm and we're like this looks fun and it's for sure a thin man knockoff, but mm-hmm. there are worse ways to spend your time. And then just to rattle a few off, I mean, uh, Monsieur Hulu's Holiday is a great uh, little hotel slice. White Christmas, uh, Some Like It Hot, of course. Uh, Again, Lou's- Resort, right? Uh, yeah, Resort. Some Like It Hot. Is, yeah. yeah. Um, Jerry Lewis is the bellboy, which I really should have put in my employees section, which we'll get to you later. Um, oh, that's fun. 
but uh, also Viva Las Vegas. Can we go back to the bellboy for a second? Sure. I just want to plug the bellboy because I know that Jerry Lewis is very divisive and a lot of people don't like him. So if you don't like him, I would say maybe watch the bellboy because he does not speak a word the entire movie. It's so also like 79 minutes it's long. It's also 79 minutes long. So it's like, it shows you how much he leans into physical comedy. And there is a gag in the bellboy that is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in a movie in my entire life. I'm not going to spoil what it is, but the, I, they, the saying goes that like comedy is surprise. That's all it is. And I saw this and I about fell out of my chair. So it's just hmm. the simplest premise of like Jerry Lewis works at a hotel and like wacky things happen and that's it. But it's so good and it's so funny. So just wanted to plug there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, probably my favorite movie in this category though is Robert Zemeckis' I Want to Hold Your Hand. Uh, in which a group of teenagers try to find the Beatles inside their hotel rooms at like the height mm -hmm. of Beatlemania. I think it's during, while well, they're in New York for the Ed Sullivan show or something like that. Um, and it's everything you want out of a hotel movie. It's people coming between rooms, mistaken identities, hiding under beds, but it's all in the midst of Beatlemania and these great songs that you all know. Uh, Criterion recently put it out, but I've only seen it at New Beverly, which is a blast with an audience. Mm -hmm. uh, so if people have never seen that, I really highly recommend it. Uh, also, throw out some love for The Witches. Yeah. Uh, sure, absolutely. Very fine hotel movie. Although, you know, I, I think, I feel like that could fall pretty easily into the hellish category. True. But there's a but it's, So, there's here's my question. Like, yeah, and when it comes right down to it, like, as far as categorization, you know, there are instances where the the hellish aspect is taking place at the hotel but is not a function of the hotel there are sure. there are certainly there are plenty of movies in which the danger comes from the place itself um and then others where no this the place itself is kind of neutral but there's there's you know goings on and i would say i'd say the witches is that like uh the the hotel is not responsible for uh, these witches. Uh, they've just chosen it because it's the nicest place. Sure. And I think. Somewhat along those lines, uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, uh, which really exploits the degree to which once you shut that door in the hotel room, you can be doing anything in there. Yeah. I would yeah. also say, <laughs> I don't know quite where to classify this, but Best Exotic Marigold Hotel. Sure. In which a bunch of British people discover that India exists, I guess would be the way to summarize it. But the history of colonialism in one movie. Pretty much. Um, I also like uh, that the name of the sequel is the second best exotic marigold <laughs> hotel. Yeah. Because it works on three levels. <laughs> because it's the second movie. They open a second hotel. And by all accounts, it's not as good as the first. So well I done. didn't really love the first one. I never saw the second one. But yeah. I think about the first... There's there's a line in the first one where, because uh, is it Maggie Smith's character was like a maid who's retired, I think. I don't remember. So I, it, she talks about how without having, a, she like works in some big old household, like downtown, downtown Abbey style. Um, and uh, um, she talks about how like she's retired to this small apartment. And she's like, she says something like, I can get the whole place clean in half an hour. And every time I'm cleaning my apartment, I'm like, <laughs> if only that were true. <laughs> you know and i'm on minute like 12 of scrubbing down the faucets uh, and i'm like i don't know i, I want to know what her secret was to cleaning an entire apartment in 30 minutes need the years of experience she had i guess so uh and then there's just kind of like the fantasy of having enough money to stay lavishly at a hotel like devil wears prada or another anne hathaway movie the intern where she and 
Robert De Niro bond in a hotel room over talking about their eventual gravestones. <laughs> now, uh, okay, so I'm curious. So there's there's happy to hellish. So yes. I'm really getting focused on the the categories here because I don't want to I don't want to bring up something that could be seen as happy simply because the the hotel is so lavish. Um, but you were planning on putting it in a different category because of the tone of Bring the it film. up whenever. Whatever. So like Lost in Translation. Yeah. Yeah. Um is I've I've been to the Park Hyatt. I stayed there for a few Us days. Too. Uh, we didn't stay there. But... We didn't stay there, but we went there. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh the rooms are great, the hotel's great. That bar is a lot smaller than it looks. Yep. Uh but it's also, it's quite like, nice. I think they redid it since oh. the movie because oh. the whole layout seems very different the, when, you, yeah. when either of you were, were there was was uh sausalito playing were they <laughs> unfortunately not <laughs> there was a band playing that you know what uh kind of reminded me okay. of <laughs> sausalito it was a male singer though um but yeah i mean and there uh that's i mean the the hotel itself is incredibly nice obviously and you're dealing with characters who have money and all that but it is also just a source of loneliness and so the way the hotel is shot um is such that uh is there are there mic problems over there no she purposely muted it to tell me something <laughs> got it okay okay um uh, was it, oh, I can't stand this guy talking. That's my <laughs> assumption. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the way that the, that hotel is shot is like for maximum loneliness, you know, uh, big wide shots of a character by themselves in what would be a communal area, like a pool uh, or a gym or something like that, because they're, you know, they're up when everybody else is, is asleep. Um, but yeah, that's, that's one of my first thoughts when I think of like a hotel movie is lost in translation because so it is the base of operations uh, and the characters don't have any actual real reason to leave. Certainly Scarlett Johansson doesn't. Um, and so it's beautiful, but it is, I wouldn't say it's like a prison, but it certainly is a source of sadness. Yeah, um, that's probably my favorite hotel movie and was probably now that I think about it, the inspiration for me saying I wanted to go live in a hotel because it just looked uh, so in so melancholy, but in a way pleasantly enjoyable, just the notion of going swimming at 3am or whatever, because you can't fall asleep. And yeah, yeah, the way yeah. that each of them only gets out just to get out that really the they're only kind of comfortable inside the hotel and even then only so much. And Sophia Coppola, no stranger to hotel movies, because she also did Somewhere. Yeah, that's um, right. Which, have you guys been to the Chateau Marmont? I never have. I'm very curious about mm -hmm. it. I've never been. At this point, 15 years into living here, it's almost kind of like a badge of honor that I've never been oh. somehow. <laughs> oh, okay. Not that I've never like, been invited. I haven't like turned down uh, parties at the right. Chateau Marmont. But uh, yeah, yeah but I, I don't know. I think she taps into a similar like ennui right. there just in a different, in a, you know, in an LA way. It's, it's funny. Your, your structure of happy to hellish makes me realize how many of the movies are on the second half of that spectrum. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I'm like racking my brain to try and think of happier hotel movies. And I guess the, the two that come to mind, one is, um, uh, even though a lot of unhappy things happen in the movie, the grand Budapest hotel seems like a fun place to stay, uh, uh a lot of the time. And then uh, pretty woman, which, um, 
I know uh, Julie will know what I'm talking about because she and I used to work in the same building around the corner from the Beverly Wilshire, uh, which is no longer called the Regency Beverly Wilshire or the Reg Bev Will, as uh, Laura <laughs> Sanjicamo uh, calls it in the in, okay. in, in, in Pretty Woman. But um, that seems like a, a fun place to stay, and I still uh, obviously not now because i've been working for from home for four months but i still walk by it all the time and have on at least one occasion overheard a tourist say that's the hotel from pretty woman of course sure now uh there are a couple movies that like you know uh, so like film noir just by very the the nature of it it, a film noir that incorporate heavily incorporates a hotel does that just automatically get moved over more towards the hellish side probably uh, okay. so I do want to blow through some, uh, romance and sexual es- escapes, uh, that are set in hotels. You got like your trouble in paradise, your Nanachka, easy living, mm-hmm. um, eight and a half in a certain way. It's set in at least two hotels, one where he's staying and one where his mistress is staying. <laughs> um, and so this idea of like, there's the proper hotel and then there's a hotel where you really go to escape. Um, I have someone get hot in here again. Uh, but also like Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice, the whole climax takes place in a hotel because it's this place they can feel like they can get away from the city and feel like they can be people they're not, which is an attempt to be swingers. Um, and this idea of like staying in a hotel to become someone else. Which also I think applies to Desert Hearts, which is a movie from yeah. the 80s that, did Criterion put it out? Yeah. Is that what put yeah. it back in the world? Yeah, it's about, well, it's set in 1959 and it's about two women who meet and fall in love, but like the hotel is where they consummate their relationship and it's very much set up as like a place where like the rules of the outside world no longer apply and like we can be together and be happy here, but only, but only oh. here, kind of. It's interesting. Early in the episode, I didn't think of Desert Hearts, but I don't think of that as a as a hotel. But I guess well, okay. So I looked into this. I poured over the wiki, and she. So at the beginning, one of the women is getting divorced. So this is all around Vegas because she's doing the thing where you establish uh, temporary, yeah. yeah, where you establish temporary residency to get a divorce. So she's staying at some kind of place that's explicitly for that purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's some issue, and she transfers to a hotel. Okay. And they go to the hotel specifically for the big like lovemaking scene. Yes. Oh, okay. It's come back to me now. Yeah. 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 I okay. did look into this because I was also a bit unsure. And along those same lines, there's What's Up Doc, which is very much about people like becoming themselves and becoming new sides, discovering new sides themselves in a very comedic setting. Yeah. What's Up Doc? We recently rewatched this. Such a good movie. I think we relate to it because it's about a nerdy wasp meeting and being completely overwhelmed by a zany Jewish girl. <laughs> Sounds familiar. Um, but it's like, it really takes advantage of the fact, like the premise of the movie is that four people have identical suitcases and they get mixed up. It's like a hotel is a perfect vehicle for that. And when I, the first time I saw the movie, I wasn't hugely into it because I was like, oh, this is kind of just a ripoff of bringing up baby. But the second time I saw it, I was like, there's a very key difference Barbara Streisand is an intentional agent of chaos and a genius. (laughs) And Catherine Hepburn is an unintentional agent of chaos. And that honestly makes for two very different movies. Um, So yeah, great movie. Highly recommend. Yeah. Uh, Other, another movie that's a super awesome hotel movie, although people disagree about its effectiveness as a movie itself is Elizabeth town, the Cameron Crowe movie. Um, which is about a guy returning home because his father just died. But for some reason, he's not staying with family. He's staying in like this great Kentucky old school hotel. 
that has this amazing decor and there's a wedding going on next door and they I mean they directly comment on this in the movie the idea of like these people are having this new beginning while he's having this huge crisis and that whole thing I was talking about people's lives kind of being slammed together uh, but just for the setting alone it's uh, well worth checking out also now are we are we defining uh, sorry I'm still getting locked into definitions and stuff <laughs> but like um, you know, we're not talking about just hotels featured in movies, you know, like, for example, Royal Tenenbaums, the character of Royal is living in a hotel at the beginning and then gets kicked out. And that's actually what kind of prompts the, the whole movie. Um, that's not a hotel movie because it, it, very little of it takes place in a hotel. Um, but obviously the entire movie wouldn't take place in a hotel like Lost in Translation. A lot of stuff takes place outside of it. But the hotel operates is is essentially like a base of operations is that yeah i, I, I mean i think of it just as like it? the hotel has to matter it has to matter in some way and i think it does to a certain extent royal tenenbaums and I, I mean even aside from that in grand budapest wes anderson has like a recurring thing with hotels uh it's yeah. where bill murray checks in when he's getting a divorce and gets attacked by bees in rushmore yeah. um of course the opening short for Darjeeling Unlimited Hotel Chevalier is in a hotel. Yeah. And then a good section of Bottle Rocket is all set in a motel. Yeah. Um, so he definitely, I, for, in, in very strata from like- the dirt It's a two-story motel, is that It is a two-story motel. Uh, from the like dirt poor version in Bottle Rocket to like the lavishness of the Hotel Chevalier or Grand Budapest, uh, Wes Anderson certainly covers his it's, hotel bases. It's a motif, yeah. it's a recurrent motif, I would say. And it fits um, well with his obsession with aesthetics and neatness and order to have everyone like kind of slotted into these boxes that are all well designed. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have, uh, I, there is a uh, home alone two, lost in New York. I don't know if that is on your list. I've ever seen uh, it. No. You're fine. But yeah. uh, the film, like, you know, he's lost in New York and he has his dad's credit card or some, or whatever. I don't remember the specifics, but, and so he, he checks into the Plaza hotel. Um, and that's that now that I think about it, like, it, it does play a pretty big role. Like that's his base of operations. That's where he is staying. And Tim Curry plays like the concierge who's suspicious of, uh, this little kid and all that. So, um, and it's and it really plays up the extravagance of this hotel and like oh it's this ten year old kid staying by himself in this amazing hotel. Um, but the the final showdown between him and and the, the wet Trump. bandits again. Oh. Uh, he doesn't counter Donald Trump in the in the hotel. Yes, um, but he that does not take place at the hotel. But a lot of a lot of the film does. So it's uh, it definitely uh, plays a pretty big role in that totally subpar movie. I what year? What year was Home Alone two? Ninety two, I think. Ninety two. So I would have been yeah nine or ten when I saw it, and I think that was the first like I, I think I was still too young to ever admit that I didn't like a movie because I just like going to the movies sure, so much. Sure. But I think Home Alone two was one of the first times that I was like that was good, right? Like, <laughs> as, as a little kid, I was like that was fun. That was one where like, talking myself into it. <laughs> It was one where I, I definitely, I think I enjoyed it because the comedy is still the same type of thing from the first Home Alone. But I think it was one where I was just like, this is pretty much the same story. Like <laughs> even, even the role of like an older person that is misunderstood and 
Kevin is afraid of this person at first, and then they become friends. Wow, this is almost beat for beat. Uh, Can't get anything past uh, you, huh? (laughs) Hey, (laughs) I was a little kid. All right. And that's the thing is, uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Well, it's, I think, you know, kids tend to like the same thing over and over without even maybe realizing that they're just responding to the same elements. But like at 10, not to suggest I was ahead of the curve, but like that was the age, that was the age that I was when, uh, when I was like, huh, this is odd that it is so similar. It's like, I'm enjoying this, but like I became consciously aware that it's just doing the same thing in a slightly different location. Right. I would say a similar movie in the vein of a young kid running amok in a fancy hotel, and I will mention in a moment why I'm bringing this up, is Dunstan Checks In. Now, you probably haven't thought about this movie in a long time, but I have a uh, well, We talked about it with Paul Walter Hauser just about a month ago. Wait, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'll be darned. I didn't know I was on a Dunstan Checks In fan podcast. Um, all the better that I share this story. Um, The reason I have seen that closer to adulthood than maybe is normal is that when I was in high school, I went to this film camp for the summer, like this filmmaking camp. And one of the kids attending it with me was Eric Lloyd, who is the non-primate star of Dunstan Checks In. So we were, we would kind of like tease him about it a little bit because he was like 16 or 17 at the time. And we kind of like needle him about it. And then on the very last night, you know, we're all hanging out. We're like, what should we do? And someone is like, we should watch Dunstan checks in. <laughs> and he's like, no. So basically we made him rewatch it with him sitting there. And, you know, he gave us some little behind the scenes trivia. I think a good time was had by all, but yes, I can say I watched it with its star. So I just had to get that out there. I love that story. Yeah. I'm trying to see. He's I've... a cool guy. He so. was also in the Santa Claus. He was in the Santa Claus. And I, Santa Claus 2 and 3. Mm-hmm. He stuck around the yeah. whole time. But I guess in the choice of what to watch on that crucial final night, that was what the people Well, demanded. you couldn't go into the whole trilogy, which you would oh, have the to Santa, do. That's true. Right, right. yeah. And you couldn't, he played young Bruce Wayne in Batman and Robin. Oh, oh really? okay. Right on. And he was in Deconstructing Harry. Yeah. Yep. You guys should have watched that. <laughs> <laughs> Again, there were options, but the people wanted Dunstan, so. That's what sure, exactly. The people have spoken. The people spoke, yeah. All right. Uh, kind of touched on the next category already, but uh, there's kind of the neutral stage between happy and hellish, which is as uh, temporary housing. And that can be, you know, a very lavish, fun time, like in uh, your Royal Tenenbaums, or it can be a kind of desperate time, like in the Florida Project or Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore. Um, where it's j- people can't afford first and last or they can't afford the costs of housing, so they just need a room for the night and the next night and however long they can manage to scrape some bucks together. Yeah, and I think the Florida Project especially is so great at tapping into that ecosystem, like how Willem Dafoe, is he the manager? Or the yeah, repair, or the repair yeah manager. So he becomes a landlord. Like he did not sign up to be a landlord, but now he is a landlord because so many people are living there long term. And I think it really 
captures how these kind of communities form. Um, also, when I went to see that, I saw Sean Baker buying a ticket to his own movie. So he's a man of people. Wow. Congratulations on knowing what Sean Baker looks like. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to take uh, I, Sean Baker might have been at my screening too. I have no idea what well, he looks like. I had my doubts, but it was confirmed because he punched in his AMC Stubbs account and it brought it up. So I was standing <laughs> in the- How close <laughs> I'm behind him. <laughs> I wasn't creeping. What's, it was what's a going big on over screen. there? Hey, <laughs> it's a big screen. <laughs> I swear. Uh, that's funny. Uh, Sean Baker seems like a cool guy, partially because like, like he's very active on Letterboxd. Yeah, uh, and will like respond to people, and I don't know. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Also on the more derelict side is the Great Muppet Caper, where they stay at the worst hotel in the world. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. So funny. Yeah. The uh, oh, now I don't remember. I watched that movie so many times when I was a, when I was a kid. Um, but uh, the Happiness Hotel, Happiness yeah, Hotel, yeah, there right. it is. Yeah, and uh, they have a whole song about it. And uh, yeah, it's just a, a really horrible, horrible place. But uh, yeah, I remember that. Um, another example from just last year is Honey Boy, which yeah. I think is a great oh, yeah. movie that it kind of came out at the end of the year and kind of, or maybe not at the end of the year, but it kind of got buried, yeah. I think. And um, it's really good, but it also, I think, taps into a similar thing with the Florida Project where like that ecosystem where they like befriend other people in the complex and some people they don't really get along with. Um, and also like how you have no privacy, like you know, there's moments of tension, there's moments of anger, there's moments of intimacy that people barge in on and overhear. And it's just like, you just get used to having no privacy, which they really, I think, tap into in that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I, I think, but the the scene when he uh, has Clifton Collins character like over for barbecuing, but they're yeah. barbecuing like at the pool where everyone else yeah. also would like would be would be hanging out. Uh, it is that thing you're talking about not having any any privacy. Um, uh, yeah, good, good. Yeah, good movie. Yeah. Uh, on the more lavish side. I, they, oh, go ahead. No, 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 it's fine. I was, it's fine. Okay. On the more lavish side, uh, Jean-Luc Godard made a movie called Detective in the 80s that's about a detective who moves into a hotel to solve a murder and ends up staying there for two years trying to solve the same murder. Um, I don't remember much from the plot besides that because it's Godard and the plot is very hard to follow, Uh, but it's a great start and he naturally exploits the environment. Uh, Also, on the more lavish side, Almost Famous is a hotel hopping movie, mm. but each hotel has very much has a distinct flavor to it. Uh, some of them are more kind of dead end than others. Some of them are like rock establishments and people going from room to room to different parties. Are you going to jump in? Um, I was going to say, I don't know quite where this fits, but I should probably mention it before things get too hellish is forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah, totally. They're all you know, sure. crammed together. It's I think a mix of like employees and guests kind of interweaving. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I've been eager for you to get to. You mentioned uh, employees being a subgenre. I've been e- eager to get to that because I realized most of the movies that came immediately to mind for me were movies about hotel employees. That's the next category. Uh, the, I just want to touch on one more from the temporary housing, which is a twofer. Uh, I could go on singing, which was Judy Garland's last movie. Oh yeah, it's so such a good movie. It's an incredible film. Uh, but she's co-sign. Yeah, she's uh, yeah. she plays essentially a Judy Garland-esque character who's like doing a series of shows in London and she's staying at a hotel the entire time. A hotel that was then almost literally repurposed, like 
the layout of it for the movie Judy starring Renee Zellweger as Judy Garland. Which is like, kind of the same movie. It's yeah, it's weird. a very similar yeah. movie. Yeah. Uh, not nearly yeah, as good. I, uh, I vultured that uh, I could go on singing Blu-ray from Twilight Times going out of business as did uh, I. sale. Yeah. Uh, so sorry for everyone who missed out on it because uh, you should watch that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but uh, somebody else, um, I forget who it was, but a company did buy uh, like Twilight Time or acquired its catalog. And so like, oh, yeah, they are archives. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, if, you know, how if they're going to do anything, you know, notably differently. But uh, but yeah, it was maybe they'll maybe everything will be like lower quality or whatever. But uh, but yeah, I was happy to see that it didn't all just go away uh on the employment no that's great you don't need to say sorry (laughs) your show well i just i realized like i didn't have anything to say aside from hey uh, it's not it's still there we're good no it's still it's worth mentioning because their catalog is amazing um so yeah on the employment side though that's also kind of fits in this middle tier of somewhat neutral environments uh I thought of Grand Budapest Hotel, which we already mentioned. And then another film that I know David's also a big fan of, uh, Single Girl, which is about a young woman. Oh, right. <laughs> that wasn't even one of the ones I thought of. But yeah, that's such a great movie. Yeah, it's a young woman's kind of... She, at the start of the film, she's telling her boyfriend that she's pregnant and they don't know what they wanted to do about it. And then she goes into her first day of work as a maid at a hotel. And it's pretty much just watching her go throughout her day with this kind of lingering tension. I think of it as like... Well, it's really, I mean, it's not even like like the first 60 minutes of that movie are essentially real time. Yeah, totally. Uh, and then it has a big a big leap at the end. But it's uh, the actress is uh, Virginie Ledoyen. Uh, That's right. From uh, American Snow Horror Movie from the Beach was her like American movie, but she's been in uh, a number of uh, great uh, French movies, including I think she's in... Um, and now I'm drawing a blank on the uh, Benoit Jacot is the director of yeah. uh, of a single a single girl, and, and he also made um, Farewell, Farewell My Queen, which is a movie that takes place uh, during the storming of the Bastille, but at Versailles, and right. from the from the point of view of a maid um, uh, played by Leah Sado, but uh, Virginie Ledoyen has uh, a small role in that too as uh, Marie Antoinette's best friend and maybe lover. Right. Uh, yeah, Single Girl is kind of like a, the flip side of Cleo from 5 to 7. You know, both films are about these people waiting to see what they're going to do or what's going to happen. But in the case of Single Girl, she can't just, like, wander around Paris and just kind of be melancholic about her life. She, like, has tons of work to do and has a whole job to learn along the way. Uh, so there's this constant tension from both sides. It's really interesting. Uh, kind of a, has a similar feel to it, uh, though, another French film, Bird People. That was one of the first ones I thought of. Yeah, in which uh, Anne de Moustier plays a maid at a French hotel um, and then maybe turns into a bird at the <laughs> midway through the movie. <laughs> yeah, and that's, but that's also because that's, that's both sides. You've got uh, her as the, as the employee, but then you've right. also got, um, uh, what's his name, Josh Charles, Josh Charles. As, as the American who's uh, in town on business, uh, which really made me think of another movie I hadn't thought of, but uh, A Hologram for the King, where uh, Tom Hanks uh, spends a lot of time at his uh, hotel in uh, Saudi Arabia, I think. Uh, I can't remember. Exactly. Not a bad movie. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, Bird People is is really great. And it's one of those movies that like, I'm, I'm sure as movie people, we all have this experience. It came out and I saw it and I was like, 
oh, that's a good movie. And here we are like five, six later, six, six years later. And I think about bird people a lot. It's one of those movies that just like worked its way into my brain. Uh, uh, and, and I, and I think about it uh, a lot, especially whenever I, um, reflect on the fact that the French word for nobody is person. Yeah, uh, which is a conversation that Josh Charles and I forget her name uh, have in the elevator. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, the movie was on my top 10 that year. And similarly, it just kind of took a hold on me and I couldn't quite let go of it. Um, I often forgot also is that the protagonist of The Last Laugh works at a hotel. Oh, oh right. of course. Yes. And it starts out as like kind of running the show and is quickly demoted into a much lower station yeah it's stuck in that revolving door it's stuck in that revolving door hate when that happens There's you like, hate revolving doors i don't go through them i don't go through revolving doors i don't like them mm. so, well, sorry um, air conditioning bill but um yeah wh- uh, why do you not go through them <laughs> they freak me out and i just feel like they're gonna just stop and you get trapped yeah got I knew it. A, okay i did know a guy in high school who uh, got his head stuck in a revolving door so <laughs> oh man See, I didn't even know that story, and you yeah, only that... bolstered my position. There's, uh, you know, I mostly do not like The Walking Dead, but there is a, a, a really good, horrific, suspenseful sequence that takes place in a revolving door, where essentially, like, a character has to stop it. Like, oh, there's zombies on both sides, and he's essentially in this one little... Yeah, see, in know, a regular door, you wouldn't have that problem is my point right no it was a regular you door you'd be dead <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. at least you'd be it'd be a swift death you know yeah oh that's what it was it's the, like on one side there were zombies on the other side there was freedom and then there were two guy, one guy in one part of the revolving door one in the other and the guy one guy realized like in order for me to go free, I need to push the revolving door and essentially force the other guy out uh, into the zombie side. And so he does that. And then he, you know, so he takes care of himself and it's like, that is a good use dramatically of a revolving door. Yeah. Yeah. There's also, you made me sad. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sad for that guy. Is this a triggering memory for David? Nope. Just, 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 <laughs> Um, from a description. Yeah. yeah. The scene is very, uh, very disturbing. Um, anyway, hotels. There's also yeah. fake hotel employees sure. or fake employees of real hotels, <laughs> such as in Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. Yeah. They go sure. undercover as hotel employees. And, of course, Tom Cruise scales the Burj Khalifa. Let's not mm-hmm. forget. Um, with his little oh. Spider-Man stickies. I don't think I knew that building was a hotel. Oh yeah, yeah no, because that's the whole deal. Like, I mean, I never saw the movie. I'm just saying. I I I just thought. I always thought the Burj Khalifa was like an office building for some reason. Oh, you're saying you don't know if it in real life what it is? Yeah, I don't. The Burj Khalifa is a real building in real life. They didn't make it up for that movie. Hundred percent sure what it is in real life. I'm sure it was a hotel because I'm sure it was a like tourism thing for the movie. Discount to shoot there. Right. Yeah, but yeah, they have they rig them up as like room service guys to bring in to do all Hmm. the little missiony spy stuff you love to see it yeah that and you movie. S- you saw that in oceans 11 as well which obviously there's a lot of hotel stuff going on there yeah, yeah. i mean all the oceans movies right are essentially hotel movies in disguise hotel casino oh yeah i guess yeah. that's yeah 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 casinos um, brings up a whole other uh, a whole yeah. other level sure 
There's that movie, uh, you know, New York, New York, the Scorsese movie. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, there's a better way to phrase that joke. And I, was, <laughs> I, knew, I, was, I knew what you meant. I was too tired to do it. No, uh, this so. does get into my next category, though, which is well, uh, escape sorry. thrillers. Okay, but I want a, a couple more uh, employee movies oh, sure. because for some reason that's maybe because I'm a man of the people proletarian and all that uh i always think of uh employees first there was a mexican movie just a movie a year or two ago called the chambermaid um uh, uh that um is in which the 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 guests are often not seen at all because this woman is cleaning their rooms while they're gone or they're sort of faceless um and there's a there's a uh, it's a very nice hotel in Mexico City that it takes place in. But the uh, I can't remember her name. The director does a good job of making it seem like a Kafka drudgery, just uh, uh, in and the sort of tension between the fact that it's a high rise hotel, but most of this woman's job is spent in hallways and corridors that are so there's like a vertical versus horizontal. Uh, uh, what's what I'm looking for? Visual motif to the movie. Um, it's it's really good. And then uh, literally the first movie I thought of when uh, you suggested this topic is Stephen Freer's Dirty Pretty Things, um, mm-hmm. it, which is a movie about hotel employees at a, a hotel in London, specifically all immigrant hotel employees. They're all not native uh, Brits uh, at a hotel in London who uh, kind of stumble into the fact that there's a uh, an organ like an, uh, an organ harvesting ring being run out of the hotel and uh, are less concerned with stopping it or reporting it than with just not getting killed for knowing about it. Sure. Uh, it's a really cool movie. But my, maybe the first movie I saw Chiwetel Ejiofor in that might have been when I first knew who he was. Yeah, because uh, that was before Serenity, right? Before Serenity, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, all right. So yeah, dirty, pretty things. If you, I, I take it, none of you have seen it based on your no, reactions. It's really good. I would also say for employees, I mean, you could maybe fit this into a few different categories, but, um, mystery train. Um, oh, yeah. oh sure. Oh, absolutely. I, um, I recently learned that one of those, so I'm thinking of the clerks cause it, it's, it's three different vignettes set in a hotel and it's the story is kind of anchored by these two clerks who work there. I just learned one of them is Spike Lee's brother. Did we all know this? Is this a thing we all knew? No? I didn't okay. know that. Well, then you learned something. But um, apparently, like, I, Jim Jarmusch had never been to Memphis before he made this movie. He just had kind of a romanticized notion of it. And he wrote this whole script being like, I think this is what Memphis is like. And then, like, went there to shoot it, which I think is kind of cool. And I Very think cool. the movie kind of captures that romanticization yeah. yeah sure okay of the city but also like the hotel's not that nice it's like kind of terrible no but like the things that are happening in it do play into that that kind of city as character stereotype in that like they're kind of idealizing it especially the japanese couple i would say i think this is mm-hmm. the one jim Jarmusch movie i haven't seen oh uh, okay. oh man it's great it's very yeah. good yeah. It's great. gotta get to it Yep. The other one of the other uh, hotel clerks is uh, played by Screaming Jay Hawkins. Screaming Jay Hawkins, yes. Um, so quite a duo. And there's a, a delightful conversation about a plum. Um, <laughs> yeah. And eating a plum, but it's anyway, very well, he apologizes for eating the plum from the ice box because it was it was Spike Lee's brother's plum. He was saving it yeah. in the ice box. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's very. I own that movie. I got to watch that again. Apparently, he um, also. He shot one of the vignettes in Coffee and Cigarettes at the same time he was shooting Mystery Train and just sat on it for a while. Uh, that, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so. Oh, I, yeah, I was going to say additional category. We conferred, and I would like to add a category. Okay. Um, okay. I don't know where else the slot's in. But like hotels, so they can be a place for you to stay just for travel, for business, for the sake of whatever. But they can also, in and of themselves, be the site of like a convention or a competition. Oh, yeah. Um, so I just have a few here. Best in Show, I think, is a great example of that. Sure. And it kind of like, some of these movies capture this very weird thing where it's like, everyone you're up against, you're right next to them. You're just stuck hmm. in a building with everybody you are competing sure. against. And that kind of like ratchets up the tension. Um, oh, were you that, I mean, that's yeah, what, no, I had that, like, I, I have memories of going to swim meets as a kid. Yeah. And that would oh, be sure. the kind of thing where like, uh, yeah, you'd see the kids in the team in the hall, the coaches, you'd think, oh, there are enemies, but yeah. the coaches who are all friends from the same circuit are like drinking yeah. in the hotel bar together. Um, yeah. And then that also reminds me, I mean, it's funny, we're doing this episode right now when if it weren't for COVID-19, I would be at a hotel in San Diego right now yeah. uh, for Comic-Con. And that's a, that's a, a fun one because um, Tyler and I tend to stay at hotel circle, like a shuttle ride outside of downtown. And yet everyone at the hotel is usually also there for Comic-Con. So it right. feels like it's a little satellite of the, of the convention. And then every once in a while you run into people who are just like, I had to be here for business this yeah. week. Why did my hotel cost $400 a night? <laughs> yeah. I was going, I was going to make a joke and say like, that's what Comic-Con is. You know, we're yeah. all in competition with each other, right? <laughs> yeah. Comic-Con. We're yeah. trying to win Comic-Con. Um, computer chess is another one. Sure. Uh, a weird yeah. Andrew Bajowski movie from seven years ago. It is about a computer chess tournament that starts to take on an otherworldly element. For sure. Um, and it's, what it's, it's like shot on VHS. No, it's shot on. No, I can't remember. The, it's shot on like beta. Or yeah. Beta, I think. Yes. Yeah, but like it was that. ultimately captured in HD. It's just that they use the lenses and camera equipment. Right. Okay. So it has a very weird, like unnerving yeah. lo-fi feeling to it. But again, it's like they're doing this chess computer chess tournament. But they're also just stuck together all the time. Yeah. Um, a documentary example of this is I recently watched the documentary, the queen, from 1968, which is about oh, yeah. a drag pageant. Yeah. And I think the actual pageant, it's it's somewhere else, but like they're all in the same hotel. Not only are they all staying in the same hotel, a lot of them are like in the same room because it's a very low budget affair. So it's literally like all the direct competitors are just staying in the same room. And that leads to these really amazing, like candid conversations, which are wild for 1968 about like, gender identity and like the persecution they face and they're like they're all just kind of hanging out and like having these moments before they go on stage and compete so that's i think really captures that like comp like them being all together you know um this that, is uh, oh good this isn't uh, a movie but one of the i was about to say things... this isn't a movie oh, right. i wonder if we're gonna say the same thing <laughs> well i'm gonna talk about survivor Oh, um, that one of the interesting things about Survivor is that, you know, once you get voted off, you go to stay at, you know, the the little resort hotel type thing that they have built um, that's called Ponderosa. And so you're there and then the other contestants are there and eventually you're there with the people that you voted off, you know, right. so it's not merely that you're in competition. It's the whole reason you're here is because I, because of me, but now I'm here too, probably <laughs> because of somebody else. And, uh, and so CBS started like filming 
that uh, a few years ago uh, so that you could like tune in online and see like what the, what the interactions were. And there are times when people, cause it's hard to turn, it's such a psychological game. Like it's hard to turn it off. Uh, and so there are some times where people, and then other people are like, it's a game I got out. This person got me out as a good move at the end. Uh, but other people, like, they carry that grudge and that frustration right into Ponderosa. And you see, like, awkwardness and people giving each other the cold shoulder and that sort of thing. So it's, uh, it's an interesting dynamic after, you know, the game itself. Well, the TV show I was going to talk about, and I kept putting it off because I was like, we're here to talk about movies, not TV shows, but I kept thinking of it for different reasons. The Sopranos has got to be one of the great hotel shows because you've got, so there's the hotel they take over where they run the uh, the the poker game uh, out of. Sure. There's um, when Tony has his sort of coma dream uh, and he's Kevin Finnerty. He's at a convention yeah. Oh, yeah. at a hotel in, is it like San Jose? I can't remember where it's supposed to be. Um, after, I, okay, spoiler alert for The Sopranos. <laughs> after Christopher dies, Tony goes to Vegas and stays at Caesars uh, uh, for a while. Um, when Tony and Carmella are split up, he goes and stays at the plaza, much like Kevin uh, uh, McAllister does. Um, <laughs> and of course, Car- Carmen Rowe stay at a, a hotel in Paris uh, together. There's a lot of hotel stuff in Sopranos, and I kept putting it off because it's not a movie, but The Sopranos is... It's, it's maybe the greatest TV show of all time. Anyway, so why not? And obviously, uh, Schitt's Creek is a good hotel movie <laughs> yeah. as well. Yeah, There's also kind of slightly adjacent to like the idea of like a convention or contest is like a class trip, which I just oh. thought of Spider-Man far from home from a couple yeah. years ago, only because it, it shows the utter futility of trying to corral 20 high school kids in a hotel. Like you, it cannot be done. And I yeah. think like that movie, I mean, there's a lot of things going on in that movie, but it tapped into the chaos of trying to corral 20 high school kids. For sure. Yeah. And it, like, it's hard so? when like there aren't evil forces trying to destroy the city. <laughs> But like, yeah, that doesn't help. You know, um, did you guys see Miss Stevens? Uh, yeah, I had that yeah. in some section of my list that I forgot to mention it. But yeah, that's another good hotel movie. Yeah, it's about it yeah. like a, a drama competition. Yeah, it? she's the teacher yeah. cha- chaperone. And there's uh, I think only three students, including Timothy Chalamet right before he blew up because mm-hmm. uh, I was 2016 and Call me by my name was 2017. Of course, those of us who watched Homeland from season one, we were already on board the Timothy Chalamet train. But uh, yeah, that's a that's a really good movie. Um, although I remember uh, watching that movie and uh, asking <laughs> asking a friend of mine who had teenage kids, like if your chaperone, right, is uh, the the teacher chaperone is uh, with the kids, takes them out to dinner at the hotel. There's no driving involved. They go to dinner at the hotel. She's with the kids. Is it okay for her to have a glass of wine with dinner the way that Miss Stevens does? And my friend said, absolutely not. No drinking at all for the entire weekend while you're in charge of these kids. You mean uh, to tell me there are questionable morals in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not, that's not the worst decision she makes in the movie. But uh, uh, I, I didn't know where it landed. Uh, well, speaking of bad decisions, uh, next category is false escapes and thrillers. A uh, lot of good films noir in there uh the first one that came to mind was 14 hours where a guy checks into a hotel to try to kill himself by jumping off the roof and spends uh roughly 14 hours up there uh deciding whether or not to do it as various people try to come in and talk him down 
Yeah. Uh, Don't Bother to Knock also falls in the same category. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I sort of remember it. Yeah, Marilyn Monroe plays a psychologically disturbed babysitter yeah. who is left in charge of a child and probably should not have been. And then there's like a voyeuristic element because Richard Widmark sees her through a window and is right. like, hey, Marilyn Monroe, let's see what she's about. And then he's like, oh, no, she's crazy. And things escalate. But it, it kind of, there is like... I mean, depending on how the hotel's laid out, there can be a voyeuristic quality, yeah, which sure. I think that movie addresses. But it's from it's from the fifties, underrated, very yeah. very cool movie. I always enjoy uh, when somebody like sums up what a character's revelation is. I always wish that that were the if that were the actual line, just oh no, she's crazy. <laughs> like I wish that were. I want that to be. I mean, we saw it a long time ago. Maybe he does say that. Sure. It's it's possible. Possible. Yeah, I can imagine Richard Widmark saying that. Yeah. We, <laughs> That's true. We stand Richard Widmark very much in this house. <laughs> okay. I know Tyler's not a fan. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> it's, of, of Richard Widmark? Yeah. It's tough because, I mean, as I've talked b- about before, he's he was my, my dad's favorite actor. And I don't dislike him, but I think he definitely, like, has that forceful kind of thing. And it just seems like at times he's pushing it a little bit too hard. It can be a lot. Um, also in the kind of false escapes category, you guys tell and Louise as they sure. run from town to town, trying to get ahead of Johnny law. And they almost would have, if not for Brad Pitt. Yeah. Never trust Brad Pitt. Um, I don't. Yeah. In a very different register, uh, Chantal Ackerman's Le Rendezvous de Anna. Um, is about a woman who has every reason to go back home, but just can't or won't. And so she just keeps kind of hopping from hotel to hotel, trying to stay away from both going back to her own apartment or in the case when she's in the same town as her parents, going to stay with her parents. And Chantal Ackerman's films are very much about like conventional spaces as sorts of prisons. And in this case, the characters kind of stuck in one while avoiding another and she can't quite find satisfaction uh, no matter where she is. Um, in the more dangerous realm, four months, three weeks, and two days has uh, a yeah. young woman seek an abortion, uh, but because abortion's illegal in 1980s Romania, they have to set up in a very uh, sketchy hotel with a very sketchy doctor. Yeah, that's some harrowing shit. Because yeah. they show it, ha- I mean, not quite all the way, but it's like, Pretty it's, much. A, it's a long take. Yeah. It's a yeah. long take. Um, yeah, I went to see that movie at the uh, the old uh, Sunset Five, which then sure. became the Sunday and Sunset, which then became AMC Dine-In. Dine uh, which is on where an, I saw Sean Baker. Uh, oh. Um, on an extended, I took an extended lunch break for my job. I, I wanted to see Four Months, Three Weeks, and Two Days. It was literally like the Thursday before it was going to disappear from every theater in Los Angeles. I was like, this is my last chance. I'm going to take a long lunch and, and go, because I worked on, down, down the street, uh, down Sunset uh, at the time. So I went and, and saw it on a long lunch break and then went back to work. Sure. That was fast. <laughs> Cheery second half of the day. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's also In Bruges. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is almost all the more funny because it's at a very quaint inn of sorts. Um, I just remember the long scene with Ray Fine where they're just shouting at each other on the staircase. And it's like very dangerous, but also very silly. Um. Uh, yeah. And then this can also take a more personal angle. If you think about like before midnight, the last third of that movie, they're, sure. uh, they're at a hotel for their honeymoon. It's supposed to be the ha- this happy occasion, but they're just stuck having this terrible argument and they just stick with it for a solid half hour. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously this idea of 
we're, I'm, I'm on my way elsewhere to run away from things and I will stop here uh, along the way. And then of course you sort of get stuck there or things happen there, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, I, I, I feel like bad times at the El Royale could count sure. as that. Yeah. It's hard to say um, because any number of these could also be seen as hellish or nightmarish or whatever it is. But I feel like that's one. Um, and I mean, Obviously, the big one is Psycho. Uh, yeah. Like, she's running away and stops off here. And, of course, the intention is this is just a stop off on my way to uh, full-on escape. And, uh, yeah, it doesn't, uh, doesn't, go, doesn't quite go that way. But, um, but yeah. Also, and- uh, along those lines, uh, a great motel movie, underrated motel movie is the – 2007 Kate Beckinsale, Luke Wilson vehicle vacancy. Oh, yeah. Nimrod on tell. That's a, it's a cool little, uh, horror, horror thriller. Uh, also has Frank Whaley and Ethan Embry in it. Uh, cool movie. Also, uh, Memento, which, sure. Uh, he kind of just holds up in a hotel while he's doing his investigation. It becomes his little office slash his own personal torment in a way. I'm really fascinated uh, by, um, uh, uh, you mentioned him turning into an office. I, uh, I was thinking of, um, in, uh, in best in show, obviously this is an extreme example of that, but, uh, Michael McKeon and, and, uh, is it John Michael Higgins? Is that how you say his name? Yeah. yeah. Um, like literally like hanging up like tapestries and, and shit, but I'm always <laughs> yeah. fascinated by people who like move in when they're yeah. staying in hotels, like who actually like take out clothes and put them Scott in drawers Scott, really uh, i do now. i do i do oh that. my god I, I really have to make a point of it because if i don't do it within like the first hour i know it's not going to happen and then i'll just be living in chaos for however long i'm there but ever See, since i started much more pleasant experience but my if fear more than one, is, if it's more than one night then okay. i will oh I yeah will for sure yeah. yeah my fear is that i will leave something behind i try to keep everything as close together well, as I've possible that. So you leave a lot of things behind <laughs> Lost some pajama pants in New York right before COVID hit. Wasn't going back for those. I guess not. <laughs> That's the second pair of PJs you've left at a hotel, too. It is. Yeah. So I'm right. That's, that's uh, kind uh, of adorable. I don't know why. <laughs> it just is. Like, all over this great country of ours, there's uh, Scott and I in pajamas just being yeah, left we're in comfy hotel too. It's like a it's calling like, card. He just leaves it everywhere. Yeah, every time I check in a hotel, I open up the, the Bible to see if there's a $20 bill in it. Yeah. And I look right. for Scott's PJ pants. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would also mention before we get into things that are too harrowing, but still fitting in the theme of somewhat in a jam. Sure. Um, there is a 1938 Marx Brothers movie called Room Service, which is unique in that it was the only movie of theirs not written for them, um, mm. which is weird because you're watching it and you're like, this has so much plot. It's like disorienting. Um, but it's based on a play, which we actually saw the play as well. And it's a really funny premise because it's basically it's like a theatrical troupe and they just have to stay in this hotel room long enough to raise money because they have a really high hotel bill. So they can't leave but the management is riding them for the bill, but they have maybe interest from a show backer. So they just have to ride it out long enough to get the money. So it's just like, it's mostly in one room and it's just like, just a ratcheting up of tension to like, and people keep coming in and out and there's room service, obviously as the title would imply, Um, but it's really funny. Um, Check it out if you can. I think they might be airing it on TCM next month. Um, But yeah, it's a good time. There's a great, um, uh, um, 
uh, I, I get what, what's what I'm looking for, um, or what's the movie I'm looking for? Uh, Night at the Opera has uh, it's not only part of it is at a hotel, but when he's hiding the people in his hotel room, that's and they, uh, no, no, but there's also a part of the hotel when they have to go out to the balcony when the hotel detective ever comes in oh, right, and right, says, right. You're hiding people. He's like, I can tell because the table's set for four, and Groucho says, Well, my alarm clock's set for eight, that doesn't prove anything. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, would we count No Country for Old Men uh, in this category? Sure. Um, yeah, that's very much like he's trying to escape. And yeah, and there's there's a couple different ones. There's like the the motel where he uh, moves, the, puts the money into the vent, and then there's the I would say the hotel um, where Woody Harrelson dies, but also where he uh, where Josh Brolin holds up and has a mm-hmm. confrontation with him and Anton Chigurh. So yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, that scene uh, with like them turning off the light in the hallway and stuff. I saw that movie a few times in theaters, and both times, like that's the quietest I've ever heard an audience be. Oh yeah. Um, I would also say Key Largo. Um, yeah, absolutely. Because you have two big issues: you're stuck in a hotel during a hurricane, and there's gangsters. Um, both are not, you know, both are bad separately, but together, forget about it. Um, and it's a great cast because it's a Humphrey Bogart, Lauren Bacall movie, but you also have Claire Trevor, who won an Oscar. You've Edward G. Robinson. Um, and it's just a really great, like, chamber noir, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, looking at these, and this certainly gets into the hellish area as well, but uh, looking at these, like, the idea of, you know, you can check in anytime you like, but you can never leave. Right. Uh, is a, there's a, commonality here to that there there are a few that are like that and key largo because the weather is so terrible out like they can't go anywhere so i i I view it as as that as well yeah that's a perfect segue to my next category which is well that's uh, real quick sorry you mentioned gangsters and reminded me of kansas city confidential which is a movie that despite the title uh most of it takes place at a a mexican hotel where some uh armored car robber is hanging out and waiting for the heat to die down and some other gangsters who know he has the armored car money check into the hotel. That's kind of a perfect introduction as well to like the idea of hotels as kind of a prison or purgatory where you're stuck for one reason or another. It could be a very literal reason like the one you laid out or like in a tight spot, which is a thriller where Ginger Rogers plays a gangster mole who's uh, on her way to give deposition and they have to hold up in this hotel and try to prevent her from being killed along the way. Um, hate it when that happens sure uh but then it can also take on like a psychological edge um obviously the shining is kind of the ultimate yeah. kind of prison is purgatory hotel is purgatory where it's supposed to be this relaxing writing space where no one's going to interfere and but all his demons interfere along the way um, um there's also the ludicrous but tons of fun james mangold movie identity absolutely uh, yeah it's a bun- bunch of people trapped in a motel because of because of torrential weather outside but also because they actually only exist inside the mind of a, a mental patient <laughs> sure yeah classic such a um, cool movie <laughs> i would also say very very strong purgatory energy in anomalisa yeah for sure um we're just mm. they that really taps into like the bland sameness of hotels i mean they really amp that up by having every character but the main two be voiced by the same guy yeah um which is brilliant and that I think about that line all the time in the cab, which is so stupid, but it makes me laugh where like, he's like, how big is the zoo? And he's like, zoo size. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so dumb, but it makes me laugh. Um, 
it's a movie about sad puppets having sex and for <laughs> some reason it works and that's all there is i think it's just because it it taps into something very universal yeah for sure sad puppets having sex it's also a movie about how gross it is to talk with your mouth full <laughs> it, it tackles that's, that's so the one topics. that's the main thing i think about when i think about that movie is how like he realizes that she's not what he built her up to be because she's like talking with eggs in her mouth. <laughs> that would be something you remember. From that. We all took away different things. It's a real, you know, uh, the lobster is kind of similar lines there. Of, sure. Uh, very much a literal space, but one that feels kind of more like someone constructed a prison of the mind. We, I was wondering if that counts because we're like, do, do they go there voluntarily? Because to me, that's like a key thing. Well, that could be a very literal prison then. <laughs> well, yeah, because I was like, we're wondering if like old boy counts. And I was like, he's not there voluntarily. <laughs> I think that's a key distinction. Yeah. But hmm. um, this is not a, a but uh, people being trapped in a hotel, not a very well-known or well-loved movie, but I happened to watch it somewhat recently. And that's uh, Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight, uh, yeah, <laughs> which sure. is uh, Billy Zane, the demonic Billy Zane and his uh, demon, uh, uh, what's what I'm looking for, minions uh, have trapped a bunch of people inside a sort of roadside motel slash brothel. Uh now of course uh hotel as hell uh you you can't talk about that without talking about barton fink right of yeah. course david i'll uh i'll throw to you for that because it's your favorite movie i don't have anything else to say. you already said what there is to say <laughs> oh. about it just the because <laughs> because what i like about it is that it really i mean the idea of being uh a res and you know res or uh what is it what's Trans. the other trans or a res that's right um and just the details of the the hotel earl and like the the pad of paper that's dusty and he moves the pencil and uh and everyone's setting their shoes out and just uh well that's a fascinating part of it is like you see all those shoes but the entire movie you only ever see meet two hotel guests yeah you never see any owners of any of their shoes yeah and it's but it, and it also speaks to like, okay, well, if this many people, the way I, I always saw that shoe thing is like, okay, so everybody here, I get the impression there aren't a lot of trans because like everybody knows how, how this works. Right. And like, if I'm, if I'm in a hotel for only uh, one day, even though Chet does say uh, complimentary shoe shine, like if I'm only there for one day, I'm probably not thinking in those terms. But if I'm living there, then it's like I'm gonna get I'm I'm getting my shoes shined every day. You know, it just like we only see a couple people, but uh, you get the idea that like there's a nightmare behind every door. <laughs> and, well, and um, it, it sort of starts out with the more like common hotel thing, which is the idea of hell as other people. You know, this, this yeah. that idea of having a bad neighbor at a hotel is very immediately relatable, mm-hmm. and then it just ratchets up from there, yeah. of course. And chefs a bit much. Chet's a bit much, but you know, much. that exclamation point yeah. <laughs> speaks volumes. We love him, but he's a bit much. Yeah. Uh, but there are also kind of movies where people seem to shut themselves up in hotels. There's a great 30s thriller called Safe in Hell, um, yeah. which uh, is almost a literal title. There's a woman who escapes uh, police custody by fleeing to this island that seems to be populated only by criminals, and she's the only woman there. Very so, 30s problem. Yeah. Uh, so a bunch of criminals hold up at a hotel with a young, pretty woman you can understand why the title safe in hell might apply. She's escaped from the law, but you know, how much trouble has she really escaped? Uh, more loosely, there's Richard Linklater's tape, 
uh, yep. which oh, I haven't yeah. seen in forever, but it's very much people like trapping themselves in a hotel determined to get to the bottom of this. Yeah. Another kind of tropical nightmare, speaking of um, Safe in Hell. That, that's my fr- perfume line, by the way. Okay. Um, Night of the Iguana. I don't know if you've seen that. I'm not. Um, but it's basically like Ava Gardner runs this hotel. I think it's in Mexico. And then like um, Richard Burton is a defrocked priest turned tour guide um, who's like taking these women on a tour of Mexico and everybody is just kind of stuck and unhappy. Um, it's maybe more in the purgatorial um, level, but you know, it's basically like, it's based on a play. So it's people sitting around talking, having long conversations, but with that cast, sure. you can't get mad. It's Deborah Carr too. Good stuff. Uh, there's also the movie Faults, uh, where Mary Elizabeth Winstead is kidnapped essentially to be deprogrammed from this cult she was in. Yeah. Uh, and, Things unravel from there, very much a psychological game of wits. Uh, on the more metaphysical side, there's a great Jacques Rivette movie called Duel, in which a uh, hotel ends up being kind of this portal between a spiritual battle that's taking place. Uh, it's super awesome. Um, on the less uh, uh, supernatural side, uh, one of my personal faves, got to mention By the Sea, uh, the Angelina Jolie, mo- Brad Pitt movie, um, where they're a married couple trying to kind of get away and get away from their problems, but they keep confronting each other and uh, in a very erotic way, uh, spying on their neighbors. Nice. (laughs) I would also say, I mean, maybe it's just because I didn't bring it up earlier, but in The Hangover, the hotel is kind of a hell. Sure. Sure. You know, I mean, like, there's a tiger in it, you know? (laughs) I mean... (laughs) And just and the fact that, like, Mike I mean, Tyson, who's more dangerous? <laughs> all of these things, and just the fact that, like, I mean, spoiler alert for The Hangover, that like their friend was on the roof the whole time. It's a very just that getting sunburned. Kind of the more disturbing, oh. the more I think about it. Sure. It's like not a. Ha- it's not fun. It's kind of the Hangover Part Two is even more. That's harrowing. what I've heard. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what I love about these movies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the third one carries over as much, though. It's not as, yeah, the third one's not as grimy, but it is more yeah. violent. I suppose so, yeah. Especially uh, if you're an animal. Yeah. If you're, animals, if you're one of those people who doesn't like when animals die in movies, steer clear of The Hangover Part 3. It, so many animals get killed in that movie. So many Why? Why? Because uh, I guess Todd Phillips thinks it's punk. Yeah. True. <laughs> uh, there are also a couple of good kind of tropical noir purgatory movies. Uh well, I guess this is less noir, but it's still kind of people trapped in the tropics. Only Angels Have Wings, which is kind of like this last outpost in the South America where all these flyboys go in and out, and Jean Arthur holds up because she wants to seduce Cary Grant. Uh, Relatable. And To Have and Have Not, which is an awesome oh, yeah. uh, Casablanca ripoff mm-hmm. um, where Bogey and Bacall are holed up in some random hotel. It's weird that you call it a Casablanca ripoff because it was like, it started as a Hemingway adaptation and then just kind of mutated from yeah, there. This is, I think it bears like no resemblance to the exactly, story. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But they like optioned it and then they're like, or it could yeah. be a ripoff of Casablanca. You know. It's a good movie though. Yeah, yeah. for sure. sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd also be uh, remiss if I didn't mention Force Majeure. Uh, sure. Oh yeah. It's very much about people confronting themselves uh, within what should be a happy space. Uh, and from there, I want to get into the, which we already kind of did with Barton Fink, but kind of the idea of the hotel being the last stop before you finally die, uh, <laughs> which you see uh, in uh, Le Amique, a great Antonioni movie, 
which literally the opening scene is a woman checks into a hotel and her neighbor's committed suicide and she gets embroiled in this woman's life who she never knew aside from, or no, it's a suicide attempt. Oh, okay. Um, anyway, she never gets, she gets embroiled in this woman's life who she didn't know simply because they were neighbors. Uh, Hiroshima Monomore and Last Year at Marion Bad kind of strike me in similar ways of these people going these lavish escape places, but it seems like by the end of the movie, they're probably all going to be dead if they're not already. Um, Death in Venice very much has this vibe to it, uh, just based on the title alone. This guy goes to Venice, which should be the most pleasant place in the world, and then slowly around him, everyone seems to be dying, including himself. Uh, Antonioni's The Passenger kind of has a similar space where hmm. uh, Jack Nicholson goes to a hotel. to He's a journalist covering a story and decides to take the dead man's identity and then slowly seems to be dying himself. Uh, We've mentioned some Stephen King adaptations, but 1408, uh, I don't remember too well, but I feel like it has a similar vibe where the guy goes to a hotel room to investigate a ghost story, I want to say. I never saw it. You never guessed it? Neither did I. This seems like a classic Battleship Pretension movie. I thought for sure you would have my back here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now I feel like I have to see it. Um, I'm not saying it's like good or I would recommend it. It just seems like one of those movies. No, you didn't say it was good. You said it was a classic Battleship Pretension movie. <laughs> You've let Scott down is what he's saying. That's what I'm saying. Well, speaking of classic Battleship Pretension movies, uh, which is obviously the last category we're talking about, um, <laughs> uh, Joyride, uh, a significant portion sure. of Joyride takes place yeah. uh, at a motel uh, and the climax as well. And so, um, and uses it tremendously well and it's beautifully shot and uh who made 1408 mikhail halfstrom uh, okay oh, sure I'm, i just looked it up is why i know that the only other movie of his i've seen is uh 2013's escape plan the uh stallone schwarzenegger uh, right. team up uh, franchise movie. they're still making them right yeah well he only made the first one. Oh well they carried on without him <laughs> Um, I would also say, I mean, I wasn't sure whether to include this, um, but it is in the title. Got to give it a shout. Hotel Artemis. It is kind of a weird criminal hotel that, I mean, a lot of them die. So it is the last stop. (laughs) Um, But is it like a criminal rehabilitation hotel? Kind of. I can't remember the premise of this movie now. Because it came out the same year, I think, as Bad Times at the El Royale. And it was like the lesser... Mm, mm. Did it really? I, I remember them coming out really close together. Oh, okay. Anyway, maybe I'm wrong. And uh, then, uh, uh, sorry. Uh, you know what? I have a I have a list of of movies that uh, I wasn't sure what category to put them in, and sure. so um, I guess uh, I can save them till the end. All right. I just had two more in this category: uh, the Strange Case of Angelica, um, which is an awesome kind of mm. last stop on the way out movie. Yeah as is uh, which, a movie we've apparently talked about too much on the podcast, according to David, but uh, Hong Sang Su's Hotel by the River. Um, excellent. Last Did stop I say on the that? Uh, I remember uh, it came up in an episode because we were talking about your weird year thing, and you were like, well, I could have put a hotel on the river, by the river on my list, but we've talked about it a billion times. Yeah, I guess we probably have. <laughs> it's a good movie, though. Yeah, we've talked about it a lot. Though. Not as much as Dunstan checks in, though. Certainly. Right. <laughs> this yeah. is not yet a Hotel by the River podcast. It is still safely a Dunstan yes. checks in podcast. Good. Uh, Pod- Podston checks in? That's what we would call it. <laughs> mm, workshop it. <laughs> Dunstan yeah. Skypes in. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Dunstan Zooms in. has double meaning. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Aww. Um, yeah, I'm sure I've run roughshed over uh, other assorted movies you guys might have. 
So, okay. Uh, in no particular order, sure. um, f- four rooms is, is obviously a, a big one. Um, I've never seen it. It's, it's fine. Uh, as one would expect, some of the stories are better than others. Um, David, do yeah. you like four rooms? I haven't seen it since I was the age you see it. Um, yeah. that's like <laughs> the government well, hands you a copy <laughs> well that's one of those that like if you know i i, I mentioned this sometimes when scott's on yeah. that w- for all intents and purposes we're the same generation but every once in a while something come up yeah. i'll be like oh that's right i'm a few years older than scott if you had been yeah. our age you absolutely would have seen four rooms because it came out at exactly that uh that time um in retrospect i remember mostly being very mean-spirited um yeah uh, uh, and uh, the the Tarantino one's fun, even if it's like essentially a remake of a. Um, is it a Twilight Zone or is it an Outer Limits? Um, oh boy, well, I don't it's, remember. It's based on our. There's a Roald Dahl story, uh, which is about a. Man, it's basically a short story about a man betting his pinky, you know, uh, and uh, uh, they made either an Outer Limits or a Twilight Zone, and then. Yeah, here it's the same thing, and you get sort of Tarantino doing essentially the same as the like uh, uh, adrenaline needle sh- scene in Pulp yeah. Fiction, but instead it's a meat cleaver over someone's pinky, uh, and it's uh, and you're waiting to see if he can light a lighter a certain number of times in yeah, a row. Yeah. I think is what it, yeah, like ten times in a row, and literally like <laughs> it fails to light the first time, and then like it's like click smash like uh, not smash but uh chop you know uh it's a really well edited uh, sequence although my favorite aspect of four rooms there's two things that i remember one of them is very gross and the other is just silly and that is um when tim roth uh encounters a corpse and he is screaming and vomiting at the same time <laughs> uh and it's really disgusting and that's the um who directed that one um that's that's is is that robert, robert rodriguez, robert rodriguez? And then I'm trying to remember, okay, and then there's the one, I forget her name, who, where there's the Witch's Coven, which is probably right. which is probably the coolest one in retrospect. And then what's the fourth one that I can't remember? I really don't remember. Um, it's just, I remember the director is Alexander Rockwell. Yeah, um, I, I don't recall. But I cannot remember what happens in it. But one the the thing that I that I laugh at when I th- in retrospect when I think of uh, Four Rooms is Quentin Tarantino is in the film and he plays a movie star. And uh, he's famous for being in a movie called The Wacky Detective. And for some reason, there's just something fun about hearing Tarantino refer to The Wacky Detective. For sure. Yeah. It's, just such a, it's just such a generic title. Um, is it? Yeah, so uh, I think it is. You know, it just, it feels like the kind of thing, it feels like what you would say when you can't think of the actual title. It's like The Wacky <laughs> that Detective or something. Right. Um, but anyway. Okay, it was Alison Anders who did the, the Missing Ingredient is the name of the um, the Witch's Coven one. And then yeah. The Wrong Man, directed by Alexander Rockwell, uh, has David Preval and Jennifer Beals in it, where like they're like a married, I think they're like a married couple and their game is, their, their like sex game is to pretend like she's having an affair with the with tim roth's yes. character and so he has to i think david provell like holds him at gunpoint or something at one point uh that sounds right obviously the least memorable of them just despite the presence yeah. of the great jennifer beals yeah uh so uh the maltese falcon uh a significant portion of it takes All place right. at a hotel that's where um bridget o'shaughnessy is staying uh touch of evil has a couple of very memorable hotel yes. motel sequences speaking um, of places jennifer 
uh, Janet Lee. Janet Lee shouldn't have gone. Yeah. Um, and then, but of course, there's also that very um, uh, memorable death uh, where uh, Orson Welles kills uh, Kim Tamiroff. Um, the conversation, is that a hotel or is that an apartment building? Where he goes and sees the blood in the toilet? Yeah. That's a hotel, I'm almost positive. Okay, I th- that's what I thought. So, so obviously, like, that's, a, that's a big moment. Um, LA Confidential has a couple moments that take place at a hotel. Uh, the climax takes place in a rundown abandoned motel. Um, right. And then Hotel Rwanda, obviously, is, is a big one. And, and then, then, oh, yeah, Hotel Mumbai from uh, a year or two ago. Right, which I didn't see. I heard it was fine. I thought it was, uh, I think it might have come out like the, around the same time as 22 July. And I felt like Hotel Mumbai, while not mm. directed by Paul Greengrass, was the better Paul Greengrass movie uh, <laughs> uh, 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 of that era. I mean, you can only have one terrorism movie a summer. I don't know why they don't know this. <laughs> like, come on. So uh, Bugsy is a film that I really love. And, you know, of course, he's building up a casino and hotel, the Flamingo. And so uh, you see him talking about like designing it and what he wants it to be. And so that's a film where he's talking about like the essence of what a good hotel should be, which I find very interesting. Oh, nice. uh, and then, I mean, uh, there's uh, John Wick as well, right? The, the Continental. Oh, is that what God, it is? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Is and that so, a normal hotel? Well, it's a specialized hotel, but it is a hotel. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Leaving Las Vegas also features, of course, a lot of hotels. Any any Vegas movie will. But uh, but yeah, so those are the ones. I didn't know exactly where to categorize them, but, uh, totally. but those were the ones I was remembering. I have a few miscellaneous, too. Mostly mm-hmm. a sweep of like, so people aren't like, how didn't you mention this? I'm, I thought sure. from Don't Worry. Um Let's see. Well, thank you for um, saving us that trouble. Yes. Um, Grand Hotel. I saw a very long time ago. It's okay. I think, I mean, it's like a lot of characters um, having different interactions. And I think some storylines are stronger than others. Um, It is very famous for Greta Garbo saying, I want to be alone in an accent. I will not emulate. Um, But you know, it's, I think it's, known mostly to history as winning best picture at the Oscars and nothing else. That's like, what's most famous about it. Mm. Um, but you know, it has its moments. Um, similarly, separate tables is a fifties, fifties melodrama. Yeah. Way to go. Um, (laughs) all-star cast based on a play bit stuffy as a result. It's kind of, I remember loving it. Really? Yeah. No, it's kind of on that precipice of like, the Hollywood style evolving, For I sure. would say, where they were still making these very traditional like play. Cause it really is just like the lobby of a hotel. That's it. And it's just like different characters are interacting, which again, I think some storylines stronger than others had two um, acting Oscar wins from that movie. I believe yeah. It was Wendy Hiller and oh brother, David Niven. I want to say. Um, yeah. I think that's the movie that he won best actor for. Yeah. Um, also two for the road. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 It's by, by its title, kind of a road movie, but there is at least the memorable hotel sequence where they think they can't afford breakfast and then find out that it's included in the rate the next day. They keep like sneaking food in to try to get around it. Um, There's also, look, I don't, as much as I don't want to give more attention to green book, (laughs) let us, let the record show we have acknowledged green book. Sure. Yeah. And I want to. Call uh, yeah, our out. listeners were gonna be furious, furious if you left out Green Book. <laughs> I'm just covering my bases here. I also just want to call attention to the fact Green Book, like when we saw it, I think it was like 
a screening before it came out and, you know, it hadn't become what it became. And we were just like, hey, this is kind of fun. I will never forget the image of Viggo Mortensen lying in a hotel bed, taking an entire pizza, an entire pizza, folding it in half and chomping into it. (laughs) Yeah. That image will stay with me. Pretty unbeatable. So. There's there's a lot of good in that movie. I, I think I, I would describe it as a perfectly fine film with some good performances and some nice chemistry. Uh, yeah. But as tends to happen, you start Got thinking of, of it as the best movie of the year or even one of them. And uh, suddenly uh, it's like, okay, I've, I've lost, you've See, lost me. Yeah. I'm going to voice, I guess, maybe the majority opinion, which is that I think the movie is primarily a poorly conceived disaster that happens to have a few uh, big laughs in it. That's like how I was going to kind of posit it is yeah. that it's a bad conception that they execute fairly well. <laughs> yeah. I guess maybe that's the thing is like, if it works for, I, I, Scott, I think you mentioned that like it works pretty well as like a buddy comedy. But yeah. It, it has higher aspirations than that. Right. Yeah. And so and it's just it doesn't like, take into account things that come along with it. And just, like, yeah. yeah. It's like, it works really well as the buddy comedy. You should have just tried to stay there yeah. if you could. Um, you just know, it could have been... Viggo Mortensen eating. That's all we want. <laughs> That's true. I do like his, like his, his performance is like so stereotypical in so many ways. And yet I still really like it. Maybe because I couldn't possibly think like if you, if you looked at that character, if I read that script and said, who should play this role at no point would I say, uh, probably the guy from history of violence. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, but he's great in it. Yeah. Yeah. I would also say hump day, um, a Lynn shell movie, RIP. Um, it culminates in a hotel scene because it's about two straight men that it's for like a porn film festival. Yeah. It's a very, Pacific Northwest thing, but um, these two straight guys for their submission decide to make a porn together. And like the whole movie is ramping up to like, are they actually going to do it? Which sounds very gay panicky, but just trust me that in Lynn Shelton's hands, yeah, it is doesn't come across good. Um, so the climactic, as it were, moment is in a hotel. Um, what else? Um, um, oh, The Graduate. Oh, sure. Oh, of course. Um, it addresses the, you know, eternal question, wire or wood hangers, Sure, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know why I remember that so vividly, but like, (laughs) it's, you know, I mean, the two movies that really make a point about hangers are this and mommy dearest. It's a subgenre, you know, but it is that perfect hotel thing of here's an anonymous space where nobody has to know who we are and we can just get away. Yeah. And the banality of it all. Um, that that mentioning banality reminds me of a, a movie I didn't actually care for, but uh, Sleepwalk With Me is sort of oh, built sure. around a real-life incident that actually happened at a hotel, that actually happened at a La Quinta, and they shot it at a La Quinta. <laughs> and I, 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 I like that uh, specificity to the details that don't really matter, but there's that great joke where he's talking to his mom on the phone as he's walking to the hotel and he says, I'm staying at a La Quinta. And she's like, isn't it pronounced La Quinta? And he's like, no mom, I'm pretty sure it's La Quinta. And we overhear the desk clerk say, welcome to La Quinta. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then finally I'll mention a movie that I didn't see, but I'm giving it a shout out and you'll see why hotel for dogs. The The reason I'm mentioning this movie is because when it came out, I think we had just started dating. Yeah. Something like that. And I made an offhand remark to Scott. I said, oh man, wouldn't it be great 
if they took this movie and they edited out all the people, because I don't care about the people. I just want to see dogs running amok in a hotel. So this was an offhand comment I made. I didn't think about it again. Cut to it's my birthday. Scott comes up to me and says, okay, listen, I tried to do something and I had technical problems and I couldn't. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he said, I tried to edit all the people out of hotel for dogs. That's so sweet. I, I love that. <laughs> we just talked about all these hellish movies and it bummed me out. So I wanted to end on something nice. So wait, that would have been like 2008, 2009. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something like that. I remember. Okay. So that was, I worked, I was a temp at uh, MGM when they were in century city across the street from the century city mall. And I remember that, I don't even remember what studio put out Hotel for Dogs, but their uh, one of their, uh, I guess, marketing tricks was they took an empty storefront at the Century City Mall and dressed it as if it were the front of the Hotel for Dogs. Oh, it was it was cool looking. Were there <laughs> dogs in it? No, it was it was just a facade. They didn't do anything oh, okay. to the ins. It was just an empty storefront that they just gotcha. put posters in the wind, like in the windows from the outside, so that it looked like it was a Hotel for Dogs. Yeah. But then now, whenever I get mad at Scott, I take a breath and I say he tried to edit the people out of Hotel for Dogs based on an offhand <laughs> comment, and it puts it all in perspective, you know? He's a that's keeper. That's very sweet. Well, that's a great way to, to wrap this up with Scott being a keeper. Sure. I, I, I will just quickly mention, uh, there are a few great Looney Tunes that take place in hotels yeah. uh, that address hotel culture that I, I didn't realize exist and probably doesn't exist anymore, like... The idea of double booking rooms when hotels are full, where Parker Pig has to stay with Daffy Duck in a hotel room, hmm. and uh, oh, plane trains and automobiles. Oh, oh my gosh! Totally. Of course. Ugh. Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah, and then there's one where Parker Pig and Daffy Duck have to escape a hotel uh, clerk because they haven't paid their bill yet. A lot of good hotel Looney Tunes. Yeah. Oh yeah, doesn't uh, I mean you, uh, Tyler? You jokingly mentioned New York, New York uh, earlier, but doesn't that have him trying to sneak, sneak out of the hotel because his 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 bill is so large near the beginning? Oh, I've never seen it. I don't actually know. Oh, okay. The the we were just watching these Looney Tunes the other day. That's why they are so fresh in our okay, memories. Yeah. Um, I also just like Looney Tunes. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm giving context that we are <laughs> aficionados. Um, but the one with them trying to escape the hotel has a great ending where in traditional Looney Tunes fashion, they try everything they can think of. And then as a last resort, they call Bugs Bunny, who has up to this point not appeared in the cartoon. And they say like, how should we get out of this hotel? And he's like, did you try this? Did you try this? Did you try this? And then they open the door and see that he's trapped in the next room next to them. Um, so a, a rare, like last minute Bugs Bunny edition. Yeah. But yeah, good stuff. Well, thank you guys for joining us and talking about hotels. Yeah, yeah thanks for sure. Having thanks us. for putting up to, with us. Yeah. I hope to stay in one again someday. Uh, you can yeah. find us at battleshipretention.com. Um, you can email us at david or tyler This week on the site, I reviewed the Criterion Blu ray of The War of the Worlds, and as far as new theatrical quote-unquote review whatever releases i reviewed the rental which i liked less than everyone else and radioactive which i liked way more than everyone else apparently uh you can find those reviews at battleshipretention.com uh i'm on twitter at davy pretension tyler's on twitter at tyler pretension tyler do you have anything to plug real quick 
Yeah, uh, over more than one lesson. Uh, there are a number of new reviews by uh, various writers. And then uh, I did an episode with a, an actor, writer, director named uh, Nathan Clarkson, who has uh, uh, worked in the Christian film industry and uh, has a, a good perspective on things. So uh, that was a fun episode. So you can find that at morethanonelesson.com. And don't forget to check out my documentary, Real Redemption, The Rise of Christian Cinema, available at faithlifetv.com. Scott, Julie, anything to plug? Uh, just Twitter, Rail of Tomorrow, and Criterion Cast. We recently did an episode on La Ventura. Have one coming up on La Note. Julie? Yes. Um, I am on Twitter now. I'm trying to build a brand. I got nothing else going. Um, my Twitter handle is a pain in the ass to match my personality. So write this down. It says no says. So it's S-E-S-N-O underscore S-A-Y-S. Um, so yeah, give me a follow. I'll try to make you laugh. And, uh, okay, but this doesn't have baking tips or anything. That's I mean, uh, it can. Like I said, I'm trying to build the brand. Well, it's no. very okay. new. I thought maybe um, you were saving the baking videos for TikTok. That's true. That's a whole. I have to get good enough. I have to probably curse less while I bake before it can be TikTok friendly, or just like fewer moments of panic. Because I have been known to say, "Oh my God, what have I done? What have I gotten myself into?" Sure. I guess I can edit it out though. Or, the, I mean, you we're said you were that. trying to establish a brand. Mm -hmm. It sounds like you've got a brand. That's the true. Panicky Baker. <laughs> That's true. Okay. That's a good Jerry Lewis film as well. Yeah. I like that one a lot. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, thank you so much uh, again for being here. Yeah, yeah thanks, thanks for having, having us. us. Thank you at home for listening. <laughs> we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet.